everyone. Welcome to the No Sugar Added Podcast, where we have raw conversations about what self-employment really looks like. I'm your host, Joanne Augustine, ready to give you today's blend and cup of excellence. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the No Sugar Added Podcast. In today's episode, we are getting tax season ready. Given what we've all been through this year with COVID-19 and of course unforeseen circumstances, 2021's tax season most likely looks really different for people, so I wanted to make sure that we dedicated an episode for this. From pandemic relief programs to drawing unemployment benefits, tackling taxes this season may be triggering a lot more stress than normally, but don't worry. I've got you covered. We're also joined by a very special guest. Her name is Valerie Mondesir. She's a virtual CFO for e-commerce and project-based service providers at Insightful Financials. So here's a little bit about Valerie. Valerie Mondesir is a business financial advisor and virtual CFO for high-performing business owners. Her specialty is in helping minorities and women grow sustainable businesses through a personal touch and a data-driven approach. She works closely with her clients as a quote-unquote right hand through a three-step framework, gaining clarity on the financial health of their business, gaining control over business profits, and gaining the freedom to pursue a better quality of life. During this process, clients can expect done-for-you accounting services, cash flow management, financial strategy planning, and so much more. Valerie has over 10 years of experience in the accounting and finance field. She also holds an MBA and a CPA license. She can be reached at her website, www.insightful, spelled F-U-L-L, financials.com. And through her handle, at Val Virtual CFO on Instagram and Facebook. So let's get into today's blend. In today's blend, we're talking about preparing for tax season, where we'll be filing taxes for the incredibly unprecedented year known as 2020. Many people fell on hard times last year and may even still be struggling. Many have had to draw unemployment benefits for the very first time, especially since this was actually the first time that self-employed or 1099 contractors were actually allowed to file for unemployment. So definitely first time for them if they've been a contractor for a while, and many people also had to participate in pandemic relief programs. The most common question I'm hearing in these self-employed inner circles is this, do we have to pay taxes on unemployment? The short answer is yes, unless you opted in to have taxes removed out of your weekly check up front. However, it is important to note that unemployment is only subject to income tax and not self-employed tax, which is the Social Security and Medicare part. This can help you tremendously since self-employment tax for 2020 was 15.3%. The second question I'm hearing a lot is, are stimulus payments taxed? Good news, people, those stimmies are considered tax credit, not taxable income. I have some more good news. If for some reason you didn't get a stimulus check last year, when you file your taxes this year, you can claim something called the recovery rebate credit. 
One more thing, if you were a recipient of the PPP, so the Paycheck Protection Program loans, you can claim the usual deductibles like rent, utilities, and other business-related expenses if you paid for them using those loan funds. So now that we've covered those major topics, let's get into a few ways that you can lower your tax obligation as a self-employed individual. So first up is home office deduction. This is where you need to calculate the area, so like the square footage of your workplace as a percentage of your overall living space. There are a few disclaimers to this deduction that I have to make. One, your bed doesn't count. So if you wake up and you're just like working from your bed, you can't just calculate how much your bed takes up from your bedroom. That's not gonna count. According to the IRS, your workspace must have quote unquote regular and excessive use in your home. However, a desk set up in like a nook in your living room definitely does count. You can take that kind of square footage and calculate it from your overall living space. It's also worth mentioning that this deduction is only available for workers who earn freelance income. So according to the IRS, quote, employees who receive a paycheck or a W-2 exclusively from an employer are not eligible for this deduction, even if they are currently working from home. The second deductible category is business expenses. So think office supplies, any business subscriptions you may have, like for Canva, if you're doing your own social media and like digital marketing, or WordPress for your website, that's like an annual subscription. You can also write off things like PayPal fees and even advertising fees like Instagram or Facebook ads. So make sure you're tracking all of these things. Last but not least, for those of you who travel a lot for work, you can write off your mileage as well. There you have it. That's tax season prep in a nutshell. So let's get into the next segment. Here's my interview with Valerie. Hi, Valerie. Welcome to the No Sugar Added Podcast. Hey, Joanne. Thank you for having me here. I'm super excited to be here. And, and, you know, I'm really glad to, you know, take some time from this tax season to be able to sit here and talk to you and your audience. Oh, my gosh. You have no idea how grateful I am that you were able to do this episode because it is so important, you know, tax season in general, but also given everything that happened in 2020, a lot of people are kind of, you know, entering the tax season a little bit more stressed than usual. So I really appreciate you coming on and giving us some really good information. Before we get started, I want to give you the space to just introduce yourself to our listeners, let them know what you do and also where to find you. Okay. So my name is Valerie. I own a accounting firm. I do books and accounting services for small businesses like yourselves, you know, service providers, product-based businesses, all sorts of businesses. And uh, I've been in the field for over 10 years. I have a CPA. I have an MBA. And I started out working in nonprofit. So I was working in a nonprofit, did some of that spent a few years working for a hospital. After that, I worked for a, a large corporate firm in, in, in corporate finance, dealing with auditors and that sort of thing. And I noticed a few years ago, a lot of people would hear that I'm a CPA and they, they hear, oh, taxes. Can you help me with your taxes? Can you help me with your taxes? And I realized there is a <laughs> lack of knowledge around you know taxes and accounting. And, and I just got into 
helping people with that and decided one day, hey, why can't I just do this on the side and, you know, really dedicate my time towards helping small business owners, especially, you know, minorities and women, you know, we don't always have access to that type of financial advice. And so, yeah, that's just what I've been interested in. That's what I've been into in the past 10 years. I will say that I didn't know I would be an accountant. If you had asked me 15 years ago, (laughs) I would have laughed at you if you told me this is where I'd be. But um, here I am and I'm, you know, I'm loving it. Yeah, I think that's so awesome that you saw that there was a need, especially in communities that are minority-based. And to your point, yes, a lot of people don't really have the knowledge of personal finances. Taxes aren't really something that's taught in school. So, you know, when you end up becoming an adult and you have all of these personal finance things that you have to learn and pay attention to, it could get a little, you know, a little stressful. So it's so great that there's people like you who can really break down the process and really have people understand the benefits too to learning and understanding what taxes are all about. So I think that's amazing. I'm so glad that you decided to dedicate your time to help small business owners in particular because they really do need that. So I always like to start off interviews with just a little bit of a background on how I know the podcast guests and also why I chose them for this particular episode. So I'll kick it off. Um, I've actually never officially met Valerie. We just met right now on this interview. But a few months ago, I reached out to some of season one's podcast guests and, you know, just asked them if they had any referrals. And I gave them a few topics that I planned on covering. And Margaret Remy, who was the podcast guest from episode five in season one, Managing Personal Finances While Self-Employed, she specifically referred to Valerie for this episode. And, you know, when I did my own independent research and started looking at everything that Valerie has done and just how she explains things, I was like, oh, yeah, she's definitely perfect for this Mm -hmm. episode. (laughs) So, of course, I reached out and thankfully Valerie accepted my invitation and here we are now. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, Dr. Remy is amazing. I actually met her about a year ago at Impact Weekend. I don't know if you've heard of Impact Weekend before, but um, mm-hmm. it's hosted by Maya Elias. Have you heard of her? Yes. So Margaret actually told me about her. <laughs> yeah. Um, I met her through there, actually, and it wasn't until the last day that a group of women, a small group of us, just got into a conversation, and it was just a real connection with them. So Mm -hmm. over the past year, I've just kept in touch with her, and she's definitely more on the personal finance side. Mm -hmm. So we complement each other really well. Just like you mentioned, she's personal finance, and I'm more, you know, of the business finance and the taxes and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's been really great knowing her, and um, like I said, we complement each other very well, and we both know how much education is is really important in this area. So, yeah. I also think it's super important to have our guests to get a little sneak peek into your entrepreneurial journey. So you kind of 
alluded to this earlier when you said if you would have asked me 10 years ago that I would be an accountant, I would laugh in your face. So I'm really interested for this two-part question. So first, what inspired you to start your own business? And then secondly, did you always know that you wanted to start your own business, to, that you wanted to be a business owner? Okay, so I always knew that I wanted to start a business, but I think like many of us, we hear all of these people have businesses and we want to start one because we think these business owners have all of this flexibility and all of this money and all of that. I got <laughs> caught up into that as well. Like, I get it, you know? But I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I didn't really, like, I, I did a few things here and there. I wrote for people because I'm a good writer. I'm actually very introverted and I can write really well. So I did do writing for others. I didn't care for it, so I stopped doing that. I also spent some time selling, um, like reselling items on Amazon for a bit, but I, I, my heart wasn't in that either. And I guess I decided that um, I'll focus on what I do best, which is, you know, one of the best ways to start a business. You start doing something that you know how to do really well, right? Mm-hmm. Like for you, you, I know you do content, right? Yes, I'm a copywriter and content strategist. Yeah, so you focus on something that you do really well and you enjoy doing it. And, and like I said, it's just that um, people started coming up to me with the questions. I didn't necessarily think I was going to start an accounting business per se because I do it so much in my corporate life that I didn't want to do it outside of my nine to five. Mm-hmm. But I realized that I really, really enjoyed working with these small business owners. Like you have so much impact with them you're not just a cog in the machine. You're actually like teaching them. This business is like a child. You have to like pour into it. You, you have to think long term. You can't just think about sales today. You have to think about everything else below it. So that business can take care of you later. Your business can't take care of you unless you take care of it first, right? So Absolutely. I just enjoy like teaching people that stuff. And it's just, I just knew I had to start a business doing that. Yeah, I love that. I especially love the fact that you see the impact, like how much you can have a direct impact on small business owners because a lot of these things, like for myself, I'm a copywriter and content strategist. That's really a luxury position in corporations. It's not something small business owners typically have in their employee lineup. You know, now social media is really big, so they have like specifically social media managers, but before, they didn't have someone that can help them create a content strategy across all platforms. So email marketing, social media marketing, their website landing pages, optimizing that for SEO, writing blogs and articles, optimizing for SEO as well, like writing product descriptions that are optimized for SEO, things like that. So I totally relate to you on feeling like you're making much more of an impact by helping, you know, small businesses. So I really love that point that you made. And I think that's such a great reason to continue to do your business. So as you know, Valerie, today's topic is about getting tax season ready. And we're going to focus specifically on self-employed people. So a lot of the stuff that we're going to dig into that are like detailed as far as forms and 
tracking and all that stuff is going to be kind of packaged under this self-employed idea. So there are three key areas that I want to focus on. The first one is tax basics, like filling out the correct forms. The second is tax breaks or deductibles. And the third is just income tracking in general to like prepare for tax seasons and kind of have a system of success. The first thing I want to say before I get into all of this, with, especially with the tax basics, is I don't think people really understand. I mean, they know it, but it just doesn't click for them that the tax form and the tax filing is literally the last step in a multi-step process. What ends up happening is someone will walk into my office or any other tax preparer's office and they will have, you know, a mishmash of things like a bank statement, a shoebox of receipts and all this other stuff and they're like, fix it. You know, it's just, that's just the most <laughs> counterproductive way to do it. The form, like I said, is the easiest part. So I would say the number one thing that you need is to actually have a basic P&L with your expenses broken out by categories, especially categories that are already listed on the tax form. So okay. if you make a, a sole prop, a sole prop, or you're an, a single member LLC, you would be filling out the Schedule C, which is part of the, you know, the normal, for, the normal Form 1040 that you usually fill out. You know, when you have a job, your job gives you a W-2, you take the W-2, you dump it in the 1040, right? So with when you have a small business or if you're working as a contractor, sometimes you'll get a 1099 NEC, which is basically if you have one big client and the client's paying you a lot of money, sometimes they'll give you a form 1099 and you can use that to put into your, um, your schedule C. But sometimes you don't have that. Sometimes you just have to like compile the income that you made and the expenses that you made and, and, and organize it in a way that you can, you can populate the schedule C correctly. First step. Right, that's having that sheet, and some people just have it in an Excel sheet. Some people already have QuickBooks. Some people have Wave Accounting, or whatever, and they pull. You know, they pull that from their profit and loss. They pull that from all of their expenses and all that, and they dump it in Schedule C. In Schedule C, the net profit that you get at the bottom of it, you dump that into your 1040 along with all of your other income that you made, your W-2s and all of that. Okay, so I think that's actually a good segue into the first like main question, which is what does tax season ready look like for a self-employed person in your opinion? So based off of what you said, it sounds like it's not about necessarily just filling out this one form. It's more so the preparation for that form that comes into play. So like a profit and loss, having, you know, a tracker where you're including that and then also collecting any additional forms that you may have. So for example, 1099 from a client that's like on a contract. I use that. I have clients on contract basis. So at the end of the day, depending on the kind of business that they're in, they would provide me with a 1099 if that's something that's like part of their process. One thing I want to just hone in on is what are the main elements? Like what are the main things that people need to make sure that they have when they're getting prepared to either submit on their own or to use someone like yourself to actually prepare for, for tax season? 
you basically need to have any form that you get from anybody. So you you need to show a you need to show your income. So like I said, you know the 1099s, the W2s. If you happen to have a W2, you need to have any sort of like if you get interest income, you would you would get like a form from your bank or something like that. If you were trading stocks, you would get a form from your broker. Any mm. form that you get, you need you need to have that. You need to show the income. Sometimes, like I said, you just don't get a form, so you do have to report that income even if you didn't get a form. Mm-hmm. So you would show all of your receipts. You would have a list of all of the things, all of the things you got money for, and you just have it on a list, on an Excel sheet or whatever, or you would just have it as part of your income statement if you already have some sort of accounting system set up. Mm. Then you would need to have your expenses. You can't just show up with a, oh, I spent $20,000 this year. It has to be broken up because Mm. the way the form is set up, it asks you how much did you spend on advertising? How much did you spend on on, um, car expenses? How much did you spend on office expenses? So you have to know how much you spent in these categories. So you should either have that broken out already or you should have at least your bank statements or your receipts or something to give to your accountant or the accountant to prepare it for you. Yeah, I think that's a great point. So actually, using myself as an example, I've been self-employed since 2018. So the first time I had to file taxes on my own using the Schedule C, like you mentioned, I was like, oh, wow, all of these different things. And I had to like go through my bank statements and figure it out and all of this stuff. So I was prepared the next year. I went and I created an Excel that was literally for business expenses, and I included those categories that you said, which was like office supplies or, you know, for example, any like subscriptions that you may use for your business. So like uh, PayPal and like, uh, what else, Canva, other things like that. Anything that's like client-based too. So like, for example, if you were treating your clients for like certain lunches, things like that, including that in like a running list throughout the year. So like every month or so, I would go into this document and I would update any like business expense that I had to do in these categories. And then another thing that you mentioned was like the profit and loss, so just like a list of all the money that you've made. So if you're like a service-based business or you're a product-based business or you may do both, making sure that you kind of have tabs for each of those things that include like the client, the invoice number, the total amount, and like any of losses like through, for example, PayPal fees or something like that. So would you say that's a good kind of structure to collect that kind of data throughout the year so then when it comes time for tax season and you bring this to someone to help you or you're using it on your own, you kind of have all this information compiled ahead of time instead of like trying to scramble, look for receipts and bank statements and all this stuff. Absolutely. And you probably should be teaching this yourself because you're pretty organized. Like I have to <laughs> even have that. So I commend you. Like that sounds amazing. You have amazing system there and that's exactly how you should do it and actually doing that helps reduce the fear around it because I think so many people are just so afraid to even look at the numbers that they don't and then when tax time comes around they're just even more overwhelmed and they don't even know anything and 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 fear is just it's it, it can sink your business it can mm-hmm. sink your business it can it can 
kill your tax savings. You can do all kinds of things. So just facing the numbers and getting comfortable with them and going in every month and actually updating them the way that you're doing is amazing. You're, you're like so ahead of the game. <laughs> I learned my lesson the first time. I was like, okay, this is not going to happen next year. I'm not going to be this stressed out. I got to like set myself up for success. So it was through trial and error. <laughs> the first tax season wasn't that great. I was freaking out looking for all my stuff. <laughs> I'm super impressed with you. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> you got it. You nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. Are there any differences in the kind of information that you should be tracking based off of the kind of business like category you're in? So, for example, sole proprietor versus LLC. Is there any differences there, or do we have to kind of collect the same kind of stuff? No. So in the eyes of the IRS, a sole proprietor and an L a single member LLC are the same exact thing. Mm. A lot of people do not understand that an LLC is just a legal entity. It has nothing to do with the IRS or anything like that. That's just something you file with your state to say, okay, I'm an official business. I'm separating my business from my personal assets, which is why you need to have a separate business account because the minute you start mingling, then you kind of negate the whole legal protection thing because if you have personal expenses sitting in your bank, your business bank account, then someone could come in and say, hey, you have personal expenses here, so I can sue you for everything you've got. But um, as far as the IRS is concerned, a sole proprietor and a single member LLC is the same thing. So you can deduct the same things, you can claim the same things. Like there's no difference in the way they're treated tax-wise. Got it. Okay, yeah, I think that is so important to know. And like you said, a lot of people may not have known that. Yeah. Now, if you are a partnership, because I know some people work in partnerships, you actually have a partnership agreement. So you could be a partnership with no legal entity, or you can be a multi-member LLC, right? Mm -hmm. Those two things are treated like a partnership. So to the IRS, a, a multi-member LLC is the same thing as a regular partnership. Mm. The partnership would file a Form 1065. So that's basically a business type of form but the business doesn't get taxed. It's just a way for you to list your income and your expenses or whatever. And then at the end of it, you'll have like a net profit. And however you agree to split the profit as partners, it gets split up and each of you would get something called Form K-1, right? And then you use the K-1. The K-1 is similar to a 1099. So you would use the K-1 is the same as a 1099 and dump that into, you know, your, 10, your 1040 that you file every year individually. Okay, okay. What if you contract other people within your business? They're not employees or they're not partners for your business, but mm -hmm. you contract out work. So, for example, using myself again, if I sell a marketing service package, that includes photography, and I contract a photographer to take those photos, how exactly am I claiming that in taxes? Do I claim the entire revenue? Do I only claim the revenue that I made, not what I contracted out? Is there a section for that? No, you would contract that out. That would be 
that would be a business expense. So you would you would call it wow. depending on what you're contracting out. Like the, in your example, photography, you could have an account called um, labor, or not even labor, more like um, um, advertising expense, or it would mm. be a um, it could be cost of goods sold. It could be in any expense category, depending on what it is that you are. Um, contracting out mm -hmm. but what you're doing is um at the end of the year in january after the end of the year in january if you pay the contractor more than six hundred dollars in the whole year you should be providing them with a 1099 mm -hmm. you provide them with a 1099 and you also report what you gave them to the irs and that's how the irs is matching who got what got it got it but for you as the business owner, it's just a regular expense. It wouldn't be your wage because they're not your employee. You know, you're not required to pay um, employment taxes on them. It's just um, another business expense item. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Oh, my gosh. This is such a great session. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a great segue into the next topic, which is tax breaks and deductibles. So can you first, just for those who aren't 100% familiar, can you just define what a tax break or a deductible is and how to, like, achieve it? Okay. So a tax deductible, it could be any business It's anything that you can um, use to reduce your income, okay? So your business expense is a type of deductible. If you get a credit of some sort, that's a type of deductible. I know you might have mentioned before the home office deduction, right? Mm -hmm. That's a business expense. That's a type of deduction. Tax breaks and deductibles are they're kind of the same thing, but a tax break could also be a credit. So if you get a credit for something, that means... You didn't necessarily spend the money, but the government's giving you a credit for it. So an example of a credit that a lot of small businesses may not know about is the Qualified Business Income Credit, which is the QBI. And that was part of the, tax, the, the Trump tax plan that was passed a couple of years ago. And if you are a sole prop, an LLC, an S-Corp, you may be able to qualify for that credit, and it just automatically gives you up to 20% of your net income, you get a credit for it. Wow, so, okay. Yeah, up to 20%. It depends on how much you earn in total. There is a income cap. I think it's around, it depends on, it depends on how much you earn altogether, but after about $150,000, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but it just depends on if you're a single person, if you're following as a head of household, if you're following as a, a married, following single, married, following joint, the cap depends on that. Mm. But you may be low, say like, so around $150,000, $150,000, you may qualify for the full 20% credit. Mm. So that's another example of a tax break that you don't have to actually spend money to get it. Yeah, that's amazing. I hope everybody who is listening to this podcast has hit pause and grabbed a notebook and pen because Valerie <laughs> is giving us an entire session right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, there's so many, you know, things that you could do, but it's very, as far as tax, tax breaks and deductibles are concerned, it's extremely important that you start to review your financials before year end. Like right now, if you were to come to an accountant right now, you do have some tax breaks 
available to you, but you have less than if you had started to look at it in November. Mm. There's a lot of the deductibles that you're allowed to take. You should be spending on it before December 31st. Mm. I don't know that, but that's why they always say like tax planning is like so important and you need to start in Q4, quarter, third, fourth quarter. You should start talking to somebody to figure out what it is you can, you know, plan for to reduce your, your tax burden. That's so quotable right there. Start planning in Q4. <laughs> yeah, but if you were coming right now, like let's say, you know, it's, it's March, it's mid-March, you know, you're a month away from the tax filing. It's too late to go back. You know, we don't have a time machine. We can't go back. <laughs> have some, you do have some tax rates available to you. Like I said, the QBI is one. Also, you can, you can actually contribute, contribute to a retirement account. The retirement account is one of the few things that you don't have to spend on before December 31st. They allow you to contribute to a retirement account all the way through April 15th hmm. and that will count as a tax break for the prior year. Oh, wow. You see, yeah. look at all of these gems. <laughs> yeah. And you have can you can contribute up to up to $6,000. And there's actually another one that you can do that's more than double that, but it's a little bit more complicated to set up, and I do recommend you sit with an accountant to get that set up. But a basic traditional IRA, and it has to be a traditional IRA, it can't be a Roth IRA, because the Roth IRA is not a tax-deferred retirement account. The traditional one is. Mm. Literally just decide, okay, I have, if let's say you have $6,000 of net income right now, and I don't want to pay taxes on any of it. I didn't, I didn't, you know, contribute to any retirement in 2020, I can literally walk into a bank, go to a bank, set up a retirement account, put $6,000 in there, and now you have zero tax liability. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, that's great. There's, yeah, so much great advice. I think people are going to just keep replaying this episode over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, So one more question, and I just want to continue with the, well, two more questions. I want to continue with the income tracking. So in your opinion, what are like some must-have tax tracking tools that people can use? I know that we talked about just keeping a simple Excel document with like your your expenses and, uh, you know, all the money coming in and all that. But are there any tools that you use outside of that that you would recommend? So um, outside of Excel, I mean, I know a lot of people don't like Excel. So really it, the best tracking tool that you can use is any sort of bookkeeping software that you know you would use. If you are a service-based business, you don't need to get crazy with it. You don't you don't need to start out with QuickBooks if you're not comfortable with QuickBooks. Just start with something. My favorite tool to use for that is Wave because you can get a free account with that if you don't have, you know, inventory, you don't have employees or anything of that sort. And you just link your bank account to it. And every week or every month, you just go in and start sorting things out. It's less manual than the Excel spreadsheet. And it's just very user friendly. It, it just automatically pulls stuff from the bank, and you just and you just sort it, sort it, sort it, sort it. it, it once you get used to it, it takes 15 minutes to do. 15 minutes of your time every month. So for me, that's what I would suggest for income tracking. I I I suggest not getting complicated with it. 
start simple. The best tool is the one that you will use. That's that's like that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I ask you to do get this tool, get that tool, but if you're not gonna use it, then what's the point? Right. It's something that you know you'll be consistent with. Right. Awesome. All right. Well, let's end with this question. If there was one thing you wanted self-employed people to take away from this conversation, what would it be? All right. Here's a big, big one. For every sale that you make, save 20% of it. Please save 20% of it. Okay? Yes. You may not. You may not have to pay that in taxes, but it's better to have more money saved up than you, you just spending all of your money all year. And when tax time comes, you have this big bill and you don't have any money to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So just get into a habit of saving every single sale that you make. Put aside 20% of it. Put it in another account if you have to so you don't touch it. But just do it. Like It will make your life so much easier. You won't be as stressed out when tax time comes around. Remember what I said earlier that fear is is one of the biggest impediments to business success, in my personal opinion, and that comes to dealing with taxes as well. The other thing I would suggest is once you start doing that, file taxes quarterly. Like Not file it, but pay it quarterly. I don't know if you pay your taxes quarterly or at the end of the year. What is it that you do? Me, personally, I've, I've done them at the end of the year. I haven't started quarterly, but I have considered it just because yeah. now the revenue is increasing and I'm like, oh, it probably makes sense to pay this quarterly now. <laughs> yeah. If you do it quarterly, I know it kind of sucks to do it quarterly, but it doesn't have to be painful. If you've had a business for at least one year and you know what you paid last year, then what you, the easiest way to do it is every quarter just pay a fourth of what you paid in taxes last year. Mm. assuming that you're going to make about the same amount of money this year and, you know, similar to it, not too much growth. If you think you're going to make about the same amount of money this year as you did last year, every quarter you just go to the IRS, you know, the site where where they allow you to pay. You don't even have to file a form or anything. You just say, this is what I'm claiming I owe and I'm paying it. Okay. You take it out of, you know, out of sight. Don't tempt yourself. With it, you know, it's already in their hands. And if you end up having a bunch of tax credits at the end of the year, then you get a refund. But at least you don't have to worry about coming up with this huge sum of money at the end of the year, you know? Very true. Yeah. And if you're experiencing a lot of growth, like say you did, I don't know, 50K last year, but this year you think you're going to make 100K. You can do the same thing and then multiply times two. But another thing that I think more accurate way to do it is if you're doing the income tracking that I'm telling you to do every month, it will be a lot easier for you to just file. Like you, you're able to just pull an income statement like quickly and you see what you make and you pay 20% of that and you're done. Yeah, especially if you're a service-based business like myself, a lot of my clients are on annual contracts so I know how much money I'm going to make with one specific client for the uh-huh. year so in that case you know outside of my obviously like a la carte options like kind of quit turnaround projects for clients that are on that annual contract you could definitely track your income and estimate your income if uh-huh. you have that kind of business as well absolutely this has been so so great, Valerie. I am so 
grateful that you came on and gave us all of these tools and just like all this information that we can use. I think that this episode is super valuable. And like I said earlier, I really think people are going to be playing it on repeat to just like make sure they catch all of the tips that you gave. So (laughs) thank you so much. Before we completely sign off, is there anything that you want to share with the audience about something new that's going on with your business or how they can schedule a consultation or something with you? Uh, You know, well, first of all, let me say thank you for having me here. Um, You didn't have to have me here. I know there's a lot of tech repairs around you could call up, so I appreciate you reaching out and, you know, us having this wonderful conversation today. You're welcome. I love what you're doing here. I think people really need to know about strategy and all of the things that you talk about. It's just so important. In addition to the tax stuff and the finance stuff, like there's just so many things to know as a business owner. So this type of podcast is just great. I, um, (laughs) and I thank you again for having me here. As far as what I need to add, uh, well, I'll just say that, you know, I, I really love working with small business clients. I, you know, right now I'm in the middle of tax season, so it's just been very busy for me. But all of my clients, I, I root for all of them. I love having, you know, strong relationships and connections with my clients. So it, it doesn't even have to be a client. It could just be, you know, someone that I met. I just love teaching. I love educating. So if if anybody in your audience, or even you, Joanne, you have a question, you can always reach out to me. I just love having these type of conversations. I love seeing um, women and minorities succeed. So um, that's what I have. I, I don't, you know, I'm an accountant. There's nothing crazy going on. <laughs> it's either tax season or I'm just helping somebody with their books and, you know, cheering them on and helping them grow a sustainable business that actually takes care of them and they're not running them ragged. Yeah, which is a lot. It's a lot to do and it's, it makes such a big impact. Can you let everybody know your website? Yes, my website is Insightful Financial. So it's Insightful, but it's spelled like full, like a, a cup full of insight. So Insightful, F-U-L-L, financials.com. And you can, you know, reach out to me on Instagram and Facebook. My handle is at Val Virtual CFO. I'm very open. I love to hear, you know, what's up with you and how can I help you or or any of your successes. I'd just love to hear from you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Valerie. We appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast. And we can't wait to have you as a guest again soon. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you for having me here. Okay, bye. Oh man, what a conversation with Valerie. That was amazing. I hope you guys pause the podcast so that you can grab your notebook and just jot down all of those notes that she was giving us. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I learned so much from this. So here's your cup of excellence, otherwise known as the one thing you should remember from this episode as major key. If you got anything from this episode, it should have been that planning is going to save you when tax season comes around. Instead of waiting till the time is here and now you're trying to like scramble and like figure out how much money you made, looking at like your bank statements 
for the last year. Make sure that you're putting tools and best practices in place that can set you up for success, like having an Excel spreadsheet, very simple, that just has like maybe your invoice number, the uh, name of your client, the payment that they made, so the total amount. If you're a service-based business, if you're e-commerce, make sure that you're tracking uh, your inventory and then how much of that inventory that you sold. All of those things are going to really help you come tax season. And then also that is something that will help if you are having someone else like Valerie do your taxes on your behalf, coming with all of that information and showing them here's my total I made for the year, but here's the breakdown um, of how I got to that number. So planning is major key. It's going to relieve a lot of the stress. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will chat with you guys soon. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook for all the latest updates at no sugar added pod. That's P O D chat with y'all soon.